Plant Powered Podcast. Today I've got a very exciting guest. It's my second interview back for a while. So I'm interviewing Paige Mirko and she's got a very interesting business and is very spiritual and I feel like we have lots in common but in different areas like there's just so much to learn. So I just thought we'll come on and have a chat. So did you want to just introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hello everybody. Hello to all the listeners. My name is Paige Mirko. I do multiple different things in my life and majority of those are all really designed about designed around creating holistic wellness for yourself and I'm massive into health a little bit like Cassie but Mm. also massively into your emotions and your spiritual and mental health as well so I kind of encapsulate all of those areas in my life and I teach I teach beautiful students and clients about emotions and how to how to really move through a lot of the conditioning that we're born with as humans and how to really anchor back into our heart and the power of our heart. So that's essentially what I do and that's what's going to be unraveling <laughs> within this podcast. <laughs> okay, cool. So the first question was, what is emotional alchemy? Mm. Well, so alchemy itself is... A really ancient word actually you know there you would have heard of alchemists before or people speak about the alchemists and really what they do is turning lead into gold so they'll put it in the cauldron and they'll add things they'll take things out they'll do their little magical practices and then it will turn into gold that's really the magical story of what alchemy means and mm-hmm. in regards to emotional alchemy what we're really doing is we're really going into a lot of the lead within a human consciousness and what I mean by lead is someone's darkness someone's shadows someone's past traumas or conditioning or a lot of their things that they picked up from their childhood where their needs weren't met and that's what I mean about lead which is more of your egoic side and your ego is really about staying the same and keeping you the same it doesn't want you to go too far or to stretch too far because it really means essentially that change is not safe so your ego is your lead and what we do in emotional alchemy is we go into that we go into a lot of your unconscious mind to see what's actually playing out there to then move from there to in more of a gold space and we bring that into the gold area which is anchoring that into your heart anchoring that into your greatness and we don't skip the lead because it's an important part of it right so the lead is probably more important than even the gold because if you're missing what's going on in your unconscious mind it will continue to rule your life and that's what we see in society today and this is why I'm so passionate about this is because most people don't actually know what's going on in their unconscious mind and most of the time we're on Mm. autopilot right like how many times would you drive home and be like how the hell did I get here I don't Mm. remember right and that's your unconscious mind that's autopilot that's where our neural pathways are set and our ego is a part of that. And if we miss that, if we miss actually looking at how we're playing out unconsciously, mm. then it can be detrimental to our life. So that's what it's really about is bringing all of that stuff that we don't want to look at in regards to our emotional body, in regards to our sticky emotions that we don't like, and really transmuting that into coming back into your greatness, into your heart and your true nature and your purpose and moving from there. So that's essentially what it what it is mm. in a roundabout term. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like yeah, quite complex. But I just wanted to say as well, I've been getting this coaching lately and it's the first time I've been trying to tap into my subconscious mind because 
um, I don't know, it's like all the things that happen in my life, it's, it's kind of like your fault if you, I don't know, if you're self-aware enough kind of thing, like all the things that you're attracting, you're actually making it happen and it's really hard to admit or look into because it's easy to blame everything externally like oh well, they did this to me and this has happened blah blah and you, how you respond is one aspect of it but your subconscious mind like with your limiting beliefs and what you think you're worthy of and stuff have been deep diving right into that and it's quite difficult mm. so I don't think many people would do the work but definitely when you come out on the other side I just had this big energetic shift and stuff and it's just so powerful but you have to like look at all the things that yeah all your own beliefs and all the things that you're attracting into your own life as well so it's quite interesting but quite deep work so yeah mm. but I think definitely worth doing mm, yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah I think it's I think it should be a part of the school curriculum <laughs> to be honest like that's yeah. where I would love to go with it <laughs> um I just wanted to ask so what services do you offer in your coaching business because some of the words, when I looked on your website, I wanted you to dive into them. So, mm. like activation, frequency, synchronizing, essence, and other spiritual terms. <laughs> other spiritual terms. This yeah. is fun. I like this. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so what I do, I'll start there. Um, <clears throat> so, basically, what I do, um, I have a course mm. called Synchronize Me, which synchronizer is a word that you wanted me to speak into. So, mm. I'll start with that and... I teach a course called Synchronize Me that I created with my good friend Ellie and we called it Synchronize Me or Synchronize Me is really about getting you synchronized with your heart, synchronized with your emotions and what that means is basically if I had a thesaurus here, it's like harmony, it's mm. bringing harmony to yourself, harmony to your body and to your emotions and to your mind. Mm. So in Synchronize Me, that's what we do. We, it's like you said, it's not easy. It's mm. hard to do. It's mm. not for the faint hearted. This kind of work is, I say I want it to be in the school curriculum, but not mm. everyone might want that either. And I feel like, mm. <laughs> I feel like it's really important to have it spoken about and have it out there because it is challenging though. And mm. it is, it's hard to do because a lot of the time, all these unconscious patterns that we do have are painful to look at and they feel painful. You know, mm. they're not comfortable to look at. So yeah um but yeah so the students that i do have are great and they're um we have amazing students that we go through a year program and what we do is we deep dive mm. into the unconscious we deep dive into the emotions and how to move the emotions through your body how to do different practices and how to open your body up to move the emotions because really emotions don't last that long if you actually allow them to move through you mm. and a lot of people don't know how to do that either it's most people would do this mm. or, you know, close their heart to themselves or they'll curl up in a ball, which sometimes is not necessity, a necessity for mm. a time, but actually moving it through your emotions, uh, through your body and expressing it is extremely important as well. So mm. that's what we teach. And I teach a lot about how to actually get the gold from your unconscious mind and like you said about, you know, you're the creator of your life. Mm. And this is what I teach in Synchronize <laughs> Me as well. You're the creator of your life. And that is equally as freeing as it is terrifying when you look at that concept just as it is. Mm. Because if you're the creator of everything in your life, you're the creator of all the great things and you're creator of all of the shit. <laughs> all of the shit too. And I'm just going to say this. It's HRT word. Because it's true, right? And mm. it's liberating to know that you're the one that can move 
move all these sticky situations in your life you're the one that can create great things but when you do create that uncomfortable stuff mm. it can also be something that we can weaponize against ourselves. and mm. it's something that i've spoken to my students about it's not we're not doing this work to uncover all of the unconscious beliefs that you have so you can weaponize it against yourself we do this so then we can actually choose differently so we can see a plethora of options and as a creator, you're like, cool, these are all my options. Now, which one would I love to choose? And it doesn't matter. Even if you choose your more of your egoic patterns or mm. you choose more of a painful thing, it doesn't matter because you've chosen it and mm. you're still the creator. So that's where I'd love to anchor people into by the end of my course is like, you're the creator. You get to choose. You get to mm. be in your heart and you get to choose to not be in your heart. And either is okay, but you have choice. Mm. And I think the most powerful thing in society now is knowing that we do have choice mm. and we have more choices than we ever thought we, we would have. Mm. So that's what we do. And there, if you want to take it further, you can do one-on-one -on -one work with me as well. And that's when I'll, I will go into more mm. of your consciousness and I'll go there with you. And I do mm. like a lot of more psychic kind of stuff and a lot of intuitive practices. And mm. I kind of dive into other people's energy frequencies. Yeah. I'll speak into frequency. <laughs> yeah. I'll speak into that too and forget. Mm. Um, and yeah, and that's really what I, what I do in my one-on-one -on -one coaching is I follow the frequency. I follow the mm. frequency of where, wherever that person's at and I tailor it to that. And it's, it's amazing. It's really fun and I really enjoy it. I love seeing people go from being in fear, go from feeling like they're stuck to then moving and creating and being more in their heart. So, mm -hmm. so that's my work. That's my emotional work mm -hmm. that I do with amazing students yeah. and spiritual terms is what I'll jump into next mm -hmm. frequency. So frequency for me is like, it's the energy that someone holds or it is the, the frequency or the sound or the flavor of someone's energy. Essence can be the same, but I feel like essence is more of you concentrated. Mm. It's like you as your, your essence is like if you put in all the bits and pieces of you that you love doing and you put that into like a little container, that's you, that's your essence. Mm. And so you can have all these other different expressions of you, but your essence is the things and the values that are most important to you that, mm. you know, where everything stems from. So my essence is really about creating joy and being in joy and having fun like that's really my life and even if you think I'm a teacher I'm a writer you know I'm a speaker you know I do singing I do all these different things but if you wipe all that away who who am I at my core it's like I'm I'm here to spread joy and I'm mm. here to be in joy and, and have fun like that's really what I'm about and just sharing the voice of the heart and so for you, I don't know, your essence might be different. I might have to tune into your frequency yeah. and tell me what it is. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like you have a really joyful frequency as well. Yeah. Um, or essence, I should say. But everyone's essence is different. And everyone's essence is like the simplicity of their soul. Mm. And when I say simplicity, like that in itself is such a powerful word. Because when you actually, you strip everything away, you strip everything of your life back to the most simple form of who you are you mm. can't be anything other than authentic mm. to who you are and that's your essence mm. and that's your true authenticity you know if like you take away the money you take away the home you take away all that stuff who are you in your simplicity you know for me it's like i want to have a healthy body mm. you want to have a healthy body too you know i want to be strong and i want to be fit and i want to be happy i want to have connections with people i want to be able to talk to people you know mm. that's my essence in 
who I am outside of everything else. So essence is like a, I say it's like a, it's like an extract. You know how you get mm. like powerful ex- plant extracts, mm. like an essential oil. Mm. That's what I say your essence is like. Yeah. It's like you've concentrated <laughs> times a thousand yeah. and that's your essence. And then your frequency is like, for me, it's more so the frequency that you're sending out or that I feel like my frequency it depends, it can change. Mm. So what you're kind of vibrating on that day. And I know that vibrating on kind of sounds like a, a weird kind of a term to say, but like even in physics or, you know, chemistry, everything vibrates, everything mm. moves. And, you know, this dimension that we're in, in this world, you know, everything's slowed mm. down. So the vibration slowed down and mm. that's why everything's tangible, but everything vibrates. Mm. Even this chair, it was just weird to think about, right? You're like, this chair does not vibrate. I'm sitting on it. It's not vibrating. <laughs> but really, yeah. it actually does on an energetic level. So everything actually sends out a frequency or has, holds a frequency and vibrates mm. to a certain type of wavelength and... That's what you're sending out. That's kind of where your energy, your baseline is at. Mm. And because we can change, like, you know, we might like be elated in joy or we might like peak in depression or we, you know, we might have sort of all these other things going on. And it just depends on, you know, what's the biggest frequency in your energy field in that moment. Mm. You know, like mine today might be like, I'm the most joyful today I've ever Mm. been. And then tomorrow it's like, okay, I might be, you know, my main frequency right now might actually just be that I'm really, really sad and feeling depressed and focusing on the past. You know, Mm. that might be your frequency. So it can change depending on where your focus is. Mm. And I think as like coming back to the thing of the idea of you're the creator, Mm. you know, that you can then shift that or, you know, you're creating your frequency within yourself by your focus. So that's what I mean when I say your focus Mm. of, you know, where is your mind at? Where is your focus? Where is your energy at? Mm -hmm. And I know I say all these words, they all kind of mean the same thing, but are a little Mm. bit different at the same time. But Mm. if you're having a strong emotion and you're having a, or a lot of thoughts going on, that's really focused on one theme, Mm -hmm. that'll be your frequency because that's just where you're focused and you can shift that, right? Like Mm. a lot of the work you're doing is like shifting your focus Mm. back to your, the creator, Mm. you anchor back into your greatness and then that frequency can shift. Mm. And that's all you do when you heal yeah. is to notice what you're in, shift it. When another one comes up, shift it again. And that's mm. all you can do it with healing, you know? Yeah. There's so much I can say on that as well. Cause yeah, I've been like deep diving into all the stuff, but it's hard to look at, but it's kind of funny. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I'm at like a weird stage with my work at the moment. Cause I just moved here and then was looking for work for ages. Then got a job, then lost it straight away because of my foot and other issues. And then, um, I don't know, I've had, like, people are just like, oh, get a job. But I feel like I've been working on my mind, like, every day for, like, weeks. And I feel like I'm just up-leveling so much. Mm. And it's just kind of weird to think, like, you you can actually work for yourself at these odd periods as well. Like, while I've been resting and being unwell and waiting for my foot to heal, I've been doing all this really deep work. But because I went through like a major housing crisis I moved seven times in three and a half months so all I've done for like most of most of this year is carry boxes of my stuff and it's just been crazy but then um someone said like instead of running away this time when it gets hard like 
that's not always the case like houses have been taken off the market it's been going to viewings but there's actually a big housing crisis in Australia mm-hmm. but just things keep going wrong and wrong and wrong so instead of running away when it got hard this time someone said why don't you just stick it out and see how it goes and the last week has been like really good and really calming and I've just had all this time to myself and it's just been really nice kind of thing so it's not like the housing crisis is my fault but because I'm like oh my god I'm having so much trouble with houses there's a housing crisis I'm like making the external factors happen to myself and then even like with financial stuff because of my views around that every time I get like an influx of money I'll be like oh my god I've got all this money coming and then my car blew up which was like twelve hundred dollars almost fifteen hundred dollars to repair and then that just got fixed and I'm ready to go I'm like okay cool I can start like saving and paying off my debt and then I broke my toes had to pay for a specialist then lost my job and then pay for all the other stuff so I'm like oh my god so it's like it's external things in the world happening because my mind is like attracting it so even Mm. though I'm not like doing it to myself it's like your beliefs of the world kind of thing like make your reality happen so it's kind of deep work to do which is why probably most people don't want to do it but Mm. I think the work I'm doing is like really up leveling who I am as a person kind of thing so it's definitely worth it but Mm. difficult yeah (laughs) do you feel like like just to throw it back at you because you've kind of done like you're doing this work now it's Mm. it's cool because you're like you're obviously doing sort of similar work to what I teach so do you feel like now that you're doing this work, because mm-hmm. I get a lot of this reflection from my, my students and myself, because I do work for myself all the time, is that, you know, when you start to move through, like, this uncomfortable stuff, mm. like, it almost feels like you start to get into this spiral, and then everything happens at once, you know, like, you break your toe, and then you lose your yeah. job, and then all these things happen mm. at once, right? And it feels like, holy shit, my life's falling apart. Mm. But then when you do this work, you get into this space where you're like, there's no problem I can't handle. Like, do you feel like that now, where you feel mm-hmm. like yeah there's problems out there that are big for you but do you feel like okay now I feel more anchored into a solution-based mentality yeah I feel like more resilient so what I've noticed is when I lived in Auckland so I had a boyfriend and then I'd call him in the middle of the day and be like oh my god I got a $40 parking ticket and I was like crying on the phone because I was like struggling in Auckland anyway but I would like call him to tell him stuff in the middle of the day like these tiny problems that I couldn't do so now this time when my car blew up and I didn't have a job I just moved here couldn't go anywhere blah 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 there's like I'm in a really bad spot but I was like oh well like I'll get it fixed and figure out how to make more money and it was more like I didn't actually even cry and like usually I'd have a meltdown and be like why does this happen to me but I'm like okay cool we'll be back at the end of the week and hope it's not too bad like at least the car is getting fixed at least it's not broken forever kind of thing so it was more like trying to see the positives and I've been doing that a lot as well like because I don't know, I couldn't go to the gym for the week, so I'm like, instead of thinking of the gym as like a chore, it's actually a privilege to be able to go to the gym, so I'm like, oh, my car made me realise that it's so, like, such a privilege to be able to go, or to go and get your groceries, that's like a privilege kind of thing, so it's kind of shifting it into positives, and yeah, more like solution-based, but not having, like, meltdowns over tiny things anymore, which is good. Yeah. (laughs) And it's great, it's great to be able to notice Mm. those those pivotal moments, Mm. and I think a lot of the time when 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 you start diving into this work you get you know I have I been long I've been doing this probably for about I would say more so five years now mm. like really deep diving and like doing a uh, teaching this work as well 
and I feel like you know you you get into it and you're like oh I feel like I could be doing better or I could be doing more or I could be more enlightened or I could be more this and you start to kind of compare your enlightenment to someone else's or whatever but then with little things like that when things don't bother you anymore or you know when things Mm. that used to get you don't get you anymore like that's the gold moments Mm. that we need to be like yeah we did it like we actually did the work Mm. now that thing doesn't bother me you know and like and that's the thing is to is to anchor into like that gratitude for like like you said even just the gym and going to the gym like it's a privilege and it's a privilege that we're able to choose differently you know we're able to actually create a different life and Mm. it gives you more of a I think gratitude and mm. understanding of of all these little things that you do and like really yeah anchoring into the power of the little incremental things that you do mm. it all makes a difference yeah before we move into the next question i was just going to say as well i think the work i'm doing is similar to what you do but i had a five hour session with a coach last year she's my coach at the moment i'm almost, almost finished with but I did like a five hour breakthrough session and it was like really expensive, but I spent like my tax return on it. And she got me to go through like everything I was angry about, which was going back years and years, even stuff in my childhood, I was still angry about it. And you actually never think about it because you just bury it and you're like, mm. oh well, what's happened's happened. But you actually hold on to the emotions for your whole life. So I got it out and then she did these processes with me to help like release the anger and like let go of it kind of thing so that made me feel a lot better and then there's one thing that happened earlier in the year that I've just started noticing I'm still like so (laughs) pissed off about (laughs) like oh my god how could they do this blah 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 and all these things that someone said to me I'm just still holding on so it's kind of good to be aware and just think okay well what's this teaching about me why is it triggering to me so what do I need to do about it how can I let go of the anger and emotions and stuff so I've been like doing that as well because I think yeah all the stuff happens in your life and we just hold on to it forever because we never work through it so I think it's good to like yeah bring it to the surface <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah. 100% and it's going to come to the surface whether we like it or not mm. so it's better if we are aware of when it's coming up and we actually mm. know what the feeling or the sensation of an emotion is mm. And just before you ask the next question, mm. it's this is a, a really good point to, to touch on is that a lot of people don't actually know what emotions feel like. Mm. And I was one of these people. So I didn't feel anger because I've always been like a real people pleaser. Mm. I've always, you know, wanted to take care of everyone and be the joyful one and carefree. That was always my childhood. Anger was not okay. So when I started to dive into anger, mm. I didn't even know what it felt like. I was like, how do I identify? Like, I, I think I feel angry, but I'm not sure what it feels like in my body. And it wasn't until I started to dive into a bit more tantra and, and more embodiment, emotional embodiment practices that it took me a hot minute, literally. It took me a while to mm. actually get to feeling anger mm. and knowing what that felt like in my body because we can be so disconnected from our emotions because we're so mental. Mm. We're, 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 you know, we're focusing mentally on so many different things that we forget to focus there but we have all these sensations within our body and if we can actually identify with how an emotion feels mm. we can notice we're feeling it before it gets to a charged and projection space mm. before it starts to be like now it's the overhaul you can notice that mm. and you're like okay I'm, i feel angry like i'm going to do something about it mm. rather than it just being it overtakes you it's like you can be aware of it now and it's not just like 
this part of you that just takes over the front of this show mm. for a day and is like, now I'm, now I'm, I'm Cassie. Now I'm no longer Paige, I'm Cassie, you know, and you can just take on this different form of the different emotions mm. rather than it taking over you. You have that choice. Mm. I had one more thing to touch on as well. Like with doing the work and all the emotional stuff and like looking into all your subconscious mind and stuff. So I just came out of a four year situation where everything was my fault every single argument like they would never think that they can improve on anything so every argument it's like my fault if they get angry it's because I made them angry if something bad happens it's because of me even if I have nothing to do with it so I've just come out of a situation like that but I feel like it's easier for me to do the work not because I think everything's my fault but because I think that like I can always improve and I always want to up level and even with the energy and vibrations like sometimes I'll just be driving in the car and I'll just say to myself like vibrate higher vibrate higher I don't know where just out of the blue so I just feel like you can always grow and become a better person and work on yourself but mm -hmm. if someone thinks like nah I'm the best I know everything then they're not willing to do the work kind of thing <laughs> So their life will suffer for it. So I think it's just about being vulnerable and just knowing that you're not perfect and there's like always something you can learn on and learn and improve on basically. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah absolutely. I think it's so important to actually just want to look at yourself because yeah. situations like that, like mm. I, I went through something very similar mm. as well. Um, when you are willing to take self-responsibility but someone else is, is not. And it's, it's interesting because there's so many layers to that mm. like I don't know if you want me to go into mm. like into that but um there's so many layers to that and within yourself so I speak from like my perspective on that situation mm. so often we can have like we can think that we it's our fault or you know when we want to take a lot of self-responsibility because that's something that I do it's like I really want to take responsibility and I want to be a powerful creator when we want that then we can almost take too much self-responsibility mm. when we're in that and it can then slide into the more dysfunctional space mm. so from like my own um, experience of it because I'm so willing to learn and to grow and to want to be bigger and better and like more me than ever before if someone if someone is coming at me with if none of this is my fault it's all yours I will mm. take on what's mine and I will take that responsibility but then I can also take on that maybe it is all my fault because it is mm. when you do believe you are the creator, you can then almost want to mm. take it all on for yourself. Mm. But it's that's not the thing we need to do. Well, we think we do, but we can then take it on to them and be like, oh, it is all our fault. And it can be a way of actually abusing ourselves mm. in a way. And like mm. that's what I, I went through. It was more of a self-abuse thing of, okay, it is all my fault. I'm the only one that's going to have fixed this now. Mm. And it's it can then turn into that more dysfunctional thing. But for them... They're, they're on that side of nothing is my fault, no responsibility <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. And then you're like, that's more, that's more of a dangerous space, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like that is more of a dangerous space because if you don't recognize your power, they're mm. not recognizing the power that they have over people. And if you don't recognize your own power, mm. you will unconsciously abuse people most of your life mm. because you'll constantly cross their boundaries mm. if you're not recognizing your own power it's incredibly dangerous too mm. because you have impact on every single person you meet mm. and if they're like nothing is ever my fault that's terrifying that is terrifying <laughs> right and at least you know we can take self-responsibility <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> terrifying. So, yeah. I'm just going to wrap that up and just say <laughs> it's important to take self-responsibility, yeah. but not too much. Don't weaponize it against yourself. Don't use, don't mm. let someone else tell you that it's all your fault because it's 50-50 yeah. every time. It's yeah. always equal. I think like at least half kind of thing because even if something's not your fault, it's still how you respond to that situation mm-hmm. or how can you make the situation easier. It's like how you work together with something, but I think you share the responsibility. So, yeah. Absolutely. Not like sabotaging yourself. Mm. Can you talk about how your emotions affect your physical body and how to detox your mind? Well, very mm. big topics. Mm. Very big questions. Okay. So the first question is how the emotions work in your body. So your emotion is really energy in motion. So energy is a force. Energy is... um momentum this is just a momentum force that's what i'm going to say and when we have an emotion it's an energy in motion so usually what happens emotions are really like water so if you can imagine like water water holds a lot of memories mm. so does our emotions so we can have we're gonna get really spiritual here so we have like different kind of bodies to our physical body so we have our physical body we have our emotional body our mental body our theoretical body and we have you know we have these different layers to us so our emotional body is within our field but it affects our it affects the it affects our physical body mm-hmm. because even each um, organ that we have is connected to the different chakra meridians that we have in our bodies mm-hmm. so our chakras we have seven up the middle of our bodies and then we have more that are above our bodies and more that are below our feet as well so we have these different energetic centers that are like they're like energetic machines energy machines they all hold different emotions Mm. so your base center which is more about your safety and your security and being more grounded and connected to nature and then your heart is more about love and compassion and also fear and grief that's Mm. where all this stems from and you would notice when you feel sad it's like your chest feels heavy right Mm. and there's a reason for that because your emotion is stored there stored there same as where you feel anxiety you feel that butterfly in your butterflies in your stomach Mm. because all the blood is leaving your organs because there's an emotion there Mm. so you get all these physical responses within your body and when we have i want to say actually before i say the word trauma i want to speak into the word trauma and what that what that is so when i say when i'm speaking about trauma i'm not saying it as like a a psych a psychological term because i'm not a psycho a clinical psychologist but when i speak about trauma what i'm saying is when we are kids we don't get our needs met Mm. that's a trauma to us and why i'm speaking about that is because when we don't get our needs met as children what happens is if you can imagine like a stream of consciousness that we're in and we're going towards something we're focused on something and we want that thing and we don't get our need met whatever that thing we're going for is not met we then have to find a way to deal with that and when we're kids we don't really know how to deal with it so what we do is we split our consciousness and we make two versions of us and one that didn't get that need met that's probably more sad about that or you know has a trauma about that and then another one that learns to cope with it Mm-hmm. learns to then build a personality based on not getting that need met and so they'll have a coping mechanism mm-hmm. so that's what i mean by trauma is when you start to split and then we have lots of these we all we all do and it's kind of like a cruel joke when you're born into this world with only two parents because we can't expect two people to meet 
all of our needs all the time. Mm. So being born into this world, we're going to naturally have trauma. So, mm. so we all have it and to varying degrees, everyone has, it might be worse. Some might be better or whatever. Some might be more healed. Some might be less. Everyone's at different, different places. So, um, yeah, in regards to trauma, and what that means is that just means that you're stuck in that timeline. If you can imagine that, like, you don't get if this is your timeline and you don't get your need met, there is like a crack in that timeline, and then there is a part of you that's anchored there mm. and stuck in that timeline, and then it just keeps coming back to us now as adults when we get triggered, when we get a really intense emotion for something that's quite minor. Mm. It's a memory. We're getting taken back to that timeline where we didn't get that need met. And what that part of us is asking is to now meet that need. Mm -hmm. And so when we get triggered in this life, we need to meet that need. And so when that comes up as an emotion, that's it's literally just a memory. So like water, it holds memories. Emotions is water. It holds memories. It takes you back to that memory. So then you can heal that. And mm. when you heal that, then that emotion is no longer stuck in your body. Mm. So like for myself, I've had a lot of physical, I always know that physical ailments for myself is like an emotional thing. And even when I've had a really sore heart from being really sad about something in particular, like I'll give myself a heart massage or I'll do mm. that process and then my heart won't hurt anymore. Or, you know, when I've had a particular ailment, like an ear infection or some sort of sickness and I've processed why I've been sick, it's always healed. It's mm. always healed. And I've literally heard stories like my best friend in WA, she's healed a broken bone within 10 minutes How? of processing emotions. Like I've seen it with my eyes of like instantly healing. I've seen it within multiple people. I've yeah. I won't go into too much woo woo stories yeah. of what I've seen, to, you know, mm. but magic happens literally just mm. by healing your emotions and by actually moving through resistance that we have or moving through a lot of that pain that we hold onto in our past. Mm. Like I actually can't even in this time that I'm going to be on this podcast, tell the amount of stories mm. that I've seen of, of amazing physical healing mm. that you get. And, and I just want to disclaim as well. I don't promise that to everybody. Yeah. That I work with, you know, you're not yeah. going to instantly heal a bone, but it can happen. Yeah. You know, I've seen it. And yeah. that's just the extent of the power of, of mm. healing your emotions can do. But mm -hmm. I've seen people heal cancers. I've seen mm. people heal like cancers that are, um, what's the word, terminal. Mm. Just by processing and like actually focusing on their emotions and focusing with their conscious mind. And Dr. Joe Dispenza, he's, he, he healed his entire spine just by meditation. He was mm. going to have to get surgery and he'll never be able to walk again. And he said, I'm going to mm. dedicate my life to this practice. And if I can heal myself, I will teach this work forever. Mm. And he heals himself and he teaches it mm. forever because yeah. he healed his spine just by focusing mm. his awareness on that physical ailment and actually bringing love and energy into that space. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. I've heard of his name, but I don't think I've like watched the videos yet about him, but I see it pop up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was going to ask her about my foot, because I broke my toe, like, oh, a couple weeks ago, and then I think I said this in one of the last videos, but one of the girls I lived with said that your feet are related to slowing down, and I was like, it's my first week of work, so, like, how can my body say slow down already, but it was the busiest week I'd had, and like, I was so overwhelmed, and then the second I stopped work, I actually got really ill and was bedridden for two whole weeks, so I just, like, everything like fell on me at once and I was just so tired and now I feel like completely energized and great again um but like 
for me, I don't know if it's like an emotion related to the foot or if it like, if it's your life trying to teach you something because I did have to slow down and then I've had like all these big other mental realizations and improved all these crazy things within myself kind of thing. So I don't know if that's like my foot is an emotion or something I have to deal with or if that's just trying to like teach me something and redirect my life but it had to happen to like have the time out if that makes sense so what do you think about that so yeah different body parts mean different things as well yeah so um your your foot or like your big toe is really about balance because it was the little one oh it's the little one okay yeah. i thought it was a big toe yeah your little one um your little one is really your feet really for me are about balance mm. and like your big toe and your little toe specifically is about about finding balance oh. um but this side of your body so your right side is your masculine side mm. as well so this part of your body is your okay, masculine cool. side yeah. slowing down in in your mm. masculine side which is like the oh. more direct go-getter like really going forward and mm. like the ma- i don't really like to use stereotypicals of masculine yeah. and feminine because we're all of those yeah. but um that energy within your body as a masculine energy is like the go-getter the direction the mm. penetrating life where you're like going and get the things that you want mm. and so if you broke your toe i would say there's probably there's something to look at within your balance of your masculine and feminine energies. Like, is there too mm. much where you're going rather than stopping and feeling and checking in with yourself and like asking your mm. heart or you're only doing that healing work with yourself. Yeah. So as you said, it's like that happened. And then now you've gone through all this crazy yeah. healing. And it's like your body's already kind of naturally like, Hey, it's going to make you slow down and yeah. like stop for a minute so you can feel things. Yeah. Cause I've been fr- like finding it interesting looking into that because I don't think the average person would be like what's all the spiritual reasons behind why this stuff happens because they're just like oh damn I broke my foot or um damn such and such happened but I think it's interesting to look at why or like what have you gained out of the situation or what's it trying to tell you or how's it redirecting you kind of thing because it makes you I guess like feel better about it instead of just feeling like I don't know disabled because I can't like walk properly and stuff so I think it's interesting to look into like the deeper meaning but I said this in my last interview as well like I've got a bioenergetic scanner because I'm scared of blood tests but I have to get my nutrients checked but it like checks all your organ health and everything and the lady like the first time I had one because the lady's in Sunshine Coast but we hop on a video call and she reads the scan from her computer and she like knew everything I was going through even though we've never talked before just from like my organs my liver health means such and such like even if i'm barely drinking like eat really well like if my liver's not functioning at its best it's because of like all these other crazy meanings and stuff in your throat and like even my heart i think was showing up because i was like going through a breakup and she's like yeah so blah 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 and she just knew everything and i was like that that was really eye-opening for me and to know like the bioenergetic scanner it's not the same as a blood test like if you're low in iron, it doesn't say like what your levels are. It just says says that these nutrients need attention. So you might just supplement in those areas, or you might have too much of certain nutrients. So it's just like out of balance. But um, it's just crazy that we usually just go to the doctor and get a test to check all these things. But this machine, you literally put your hand on it. It scans it for t- uh, ten seconds, and then it just knows everything that's going on. And I just can't believe that they don't use that. And hospitals kind of thing and even if you go to the doctor they only check for like iron b12 they don't know they don't check for all the other stuff happening so i'm like oh my god this is like amazing technology and we have it 
right at our fingertips, but no one knows about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so, mm. oh, I mean, this could be going down a rabbit mm. hole, but there's so much amazing technology like yeah. that that aren't available in the medical system. Yeah. You know, that can read a lot of, you know, your organs and like heal you and there's a lot of there's a lot of different things i won't go into too much of that mm. today that might be another podcast yeah. topic but yeah. there's a lot of like different um technology that mm. that isn't in the system yet mm. that are amazing like that um and that can read and can heal you and i just mm. yeah i'm really excited about what's going to be coming in the future but mm. um speaking of you know your organs and like and knowing you know what's going on in your organs you know, you hear stories about um, like heart transplants and things, mm. and, and I've heard heaps of stories of you know someone receiving a heart from someone, and and starting to speak like them, and they don't they they just start to change their personality. Their personality naturally changes as they have this new organ in their body, and it's not until they connect with the donor of the organs family that mm. say, oh yeah, that's what my that's what they used to do and that's what they used to say, wow. and they start to speak like them because yeah. you have their heart in your body. It's like you take on. Wow, that's their so heart. crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like you know, it's not just an organ. Like there's yeah. so much more yeah. than just an organ. There's so many layers, and like you said, mm. you know, like there's metaphysical levels, and there is like there's so much that we don't look at because we're so in this physical realm but when the mm. physical fails you look at the metaphysical and it will never fail you mm. and guarantee you <laughs> <laughs> next question was trauma it's not really a question but talk about trauma integration like what is that oh, good, yeah good i think question. like the word integration is like putting things together something yeah yeah pretty much so yeah <laughs> correct good job so as i was speaking about before like the consciousness split when mm. our needs don't get met when that happens it's like a fragment so if you can imagine like two pieces of glass that are kind of smashed that are just like sitting together and these are the two parts and um i've done like a sort of a lot of work with these different parts and it's quite hilarious because when you start diving into these different parts of you, mm. they all have very different personalities. And that's why, you know, a lot of people would, can express so differently because we do have multiple different personalities because mm. we have all these different parts of us. And they're all quite funny because they all have, you know, they all communicate very differently. But what really is trauma integration means is finding a way for those two parts to come together. Mm. So if you can imagine, I didn't get my need met when I was a child or I, I have abandonment wounds, you know, where I felt like I needed my parents and they weren't there. I have an abandonment wound. Mm. So for me, I might feel like this part that I have really, really, really needs love and attention. It really needs just some physical connection. That's what that really needs and that's all that part wants. But then this other part, which is the coping mechanism, is now like, okay, that part of me didn't get that love and affection so now I'll create a personality where I don't need love and affection. Mm. And so this part's like, I don't need love and affection. I'm super independent. I'm going to have do everything myself and I'm not going to rely on anybody. Mm. And then most people will come over to this side because that's the easiest way, right? Because asking for love and affection is quite terrifying when you're an adult, right? So these two parts are expressing quite differently, but what... Trauma integration means is finding a common ground between these two parts of us mm. where they can agree on something, where mm. they can agree on terms and conditions for them to be integrated, for them to become one. And there's discussions within this with these two parts that we have, but there's always a common ground. Mm. 
So the eyes either want something. And what that means is just figuring out what they want, what they both want that's the same thing. And when you do that thing for them, so if you imagine that that needs love and this is like, I don't need any love and affection or whatever, I want to be super independent. And if you have a conversation with both of them, you might actually be like, hey, this part does actually want to cuddle but still wants to be independent, Mm. you know, and wants both of those things. Mm. And then it's like, cool, all right, well, I can ask for love and affection and still be independent and still be like, yep, I want affection like every night I want to cuddle or whatever it is. Like that's my boundary now. Mm. Those two parts can now come together and be friends Mm. because they're both getting what they need. That's essentially what trauma integration is. Mm. So when even in like psychological terms, if you go see a psychologist, they will do that practice. Mm. They will do those things where you come to an agreement with both parts. And then you're like, now I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to be an independent woman, but in a relationship, I would love to, for someone to look after me or cook me dinner every night. Mm. I don't know. could be anything. I'm making it up. But that's really what it means. Coming Mm. together, integration is for me is actually just love Mm. because you can't love something if you're not taking it as a part of you, if you're not taking its best interests as you, mm-hmm. you're not actually in a space of loving that thing. Mm. So when you're integrating, you're taking it as a part of you. It's like, I see that you're a part of me. I see you're a part of me. I can see what you both need and I will give that to you because I love you. Mm. And that's what we can do in 3D world too. It's like, I'm here with you. It's like, I can see that, you know, you have your desires, your needs, your boundaries and for me to love you, it's like, I'm going to take your best interests as my own. I'm not going to physically hurt you. I'm not mm. going to harm you. I'm not going to act in a way that's going to be the detriment to you. Mm. For me, that's love and integration because you can't, you can't not love something that you see as, you can't love something that you see as separate to you. Mm. And so integration is coming together. Mm. That's the connection of both. And when we come into wholeness, we're bringing all these parts of us into happy integration where we're all like, now we're all happy and friends. Mm. And that's what healing really means. It's when you can come to that wholeness where all parts of you feel like their needs are met. Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah. The next thing I wanted to talk about was like the concept around how you lost, was it 10 kg after your breakup? Yeah. yeah, good topic. This is a fun topic to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, so... Um, yeah, it's a really cool story. I I was going through a relationship that was quite toxic. So it was actually um, quite abusive in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I was in that, but it wasn't, I wasn't there and specifically like, oh, yeah, no, I'm overweight. And I was never overweight. I was 10 kilos heavier than what I was, so 71 kilos. And, you know, I, but you would have looked at me and I was probably still, I was still fit looking, you know, mm. I didn't look overweight and I just, I've always been fit and I've always been healthy. I've always mm. been massively into organic food and being really alternative and, you know, being really connected to nature. And I never thought that I was overweight. And I always just thought that I had like these couple of kilos of stubborn fat. And I was like, that's fine. Like I'm whatever. That's, I'm happy mm. and healthy. That's what's that's good. the main thing. Yeah. But I had this relationship and it was really, it was really tough and it was one of those things that I created externally in order for me to really, to really actually sit with and feel a lot of the, the really deepest wounds that I've had mm. from childhood. And I used to get bullied a lot when I was a kid and I used to get physically beat up. So that was one of my traumas that I had growing up was like physical abuse was quite normal for me. So when I, was in this relationship it was never he was never physical with me or anything like that but it was more emotional and I felt like I spiraled really into like this more I really took on 
and looked at the part of me that was abusing myself. Mm. And because I wouldn't be creating someone coming into my life and abusing me if I wasn't doing that to myself mm. to some degree. That's so true, I think, because that's what I just went through as well. But I think for me, it's like, yeah, sabotage or stuff that's happened in your childhood. That's what you like crave, even though you don't want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like subconsciously. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how yeah. you got attention. That's how you got energy, right? Mm. And so as kids, all we ever want is energy from someone. Yeah. We want energy. We want energy from our parents and we'll get, mm. we'll get it either in good ways or bad ways. We'll mm-hmm. find any way to get that. And that's why you usually get the, the different siblings who one might be more needy and mm. one might be more aggressive mm. because they're using different strategies to get energy from their parents. And it's not, they're still going for the exact the same mm. thing, but they're doing it, they're using a different strategy. The antagonist, the antagonistic one will be more domineering mm. and like forceful in getting what they need. And the other one will be more submissive in what they, get, mm. in what they need. But they're both essentially the same, really the same thing. Um, but that's, yeah, that's all we're doing. is like, we're not, we're looking for energy. And if we've had abusive energy in our childhood, mm. we'll unconsciously look for that. Mm. And that's why it's so important to look for, to look at your unconscious so you can see where you do want that in your life. Mm. And most people don't want abuse in their life. Like even if there's a part of them that thinks they do want it, most people don't. Most people aren't going to be like, that's my future. I would love to be in a really toxic, <laughs> abusive relationship. would really love that. That's my heart. Could you imagine? No one. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine anyone, like, I mean, I haven't seen anyone's vision board like that, right? Yeah. So I haven't seen that. Maybe one day. But so, so yeah, when we, um, we go through these, like for myself, I was going through that more external abuse. And so I really had to look at, I couldn't hide anymore. Like I couldn't hide from that self-abusive nature that I had within myself. And I did like it was really tough it was a really tough time but what I did is I just sat with it and I just moved through a lot of the a lot of that pain a Mm. lot of that emotional pain and I just cried and I cried and I looked at my stuff and I did my processes and I spent time there I spent a lot of time there to really figure out why I was abusing myself and most of the time we only abuse ourselves because if we do that we actually believe that no one will abuse us if we're abusing ourselves that's our coping mechanism Mm -hmm. is if there's a kid in the playground punching themselves in the face. No one else is going to go punch them in the face. They're like, they're already doing that. We're going to mm. leave them to their own devices. Mm. So that's quite literally what our coping mechanism does. It's like, cool, we're going to abuse ourselves so no one else can. Mm. But what happens, we abuse ourselves, then more abuse comes to, to us because that's what we attract. So it's not a great tactic. So mm. that's why we need to change it. So, so that was what I did. Mm. I, sat with, I sat there and I wrote myself letters from the self-abusive nature mm. and I really just sat with it and did lots of different practices and parts work and it was really challenging. But what actually happened was really cool. It was like, you know, what you're saying about your toe, it's like you feel like, oh, my life's turning to shit. But then you're like, oh, I really see the silver lining in, in all of it, mm. you know, because after that, you know, we split up and it all ended and, and I just dropped 10 kilos like that, you know, and it was amazing for me. I'd never... I've never experienced my body being so lean and I did bodybuilding mm. back in the day and mm. I've always been healthy and I've always been lean, but not to this degree, not to the way I am now. And, and I feel like for me, it just dropped, I dropped 10 kilos, not because I, my eating changed. I didn't stop mm. eating organic. I still I ate the same. I still had smoothies. I still, you know, did all my things that I did. I still exercised, but I lost 10 kilos and I just was lighter than ever. And I'd never experienced, I had, quite never experienced like 
what my body could do being so small. Mm. And it was, it was such an emotional journey for me because I lost all this weight and I felt so much clearer in myself and my mind felt so much clearer. I could, I don't feel like I've had any sort of self-abusive thoughts since then. Mm. You know, it's all shifted and my physical body changed to that because if you think of your fat as a protective mechanism, right? Mm. It's like... Yeah, well, it physically is. It is, right? It's like if you... If someone's going to stab you, you'd want to have more fat on your body to protect you. Yeah. Right? And that's literally like a physical protective mechanism. Yeah. So when we have self-abusive tendencies... We are constantly in of a stress response, a fight or flight against mm. ourselves, and we're creating it for ourselves. Mm. We're having abusive thoughts about ourselves. We are we're having to protect ourselves against ourselves, mm. and so we put on this weight and we have this extra fat around. I probably only had like a couple of kilos extra fat, but that was to protect myself from my own abuse and from abuse externally. And mm. since that diffused and I healed that, I no longer have any. Well, apart from the fat that I need on my body, mm, I don't yeah. have any extra fat on yeah, my body. Yeah, but you feel like you're like, it's like your natural set point now. 100%. Yeah. And it's great because I'm like, now mm. I can just build muscle from here. It's like, I feel like I'm just yeah. shredded and now it's like I can build muscle more from here. And yeah. And that was literally just from doing emotional, mm. emotional trauma work. And that's all that was. And my body completely changed. My mm. face changed. Everything's changed since then. Even my hair color's changed. Like everything mm. just from doing that inner work. And, you know, like I've seen it, physical transformations, like healing broken bones Mm. and healing broken ribs or, you know, different things. And same for me, like losing 10 kilos, not changing a single thing. Mm. And I've tried to lose like 10 kilos for like 28 years and Mm. it's never budged. And now it's just fallen off. Mm. And it it just goes to show the potency of actually doing the energetic work as well as the physical. Mm. And like, you know, with your clients, for an example, you know, they would probably have amazing results. But if they're stuck anywhere, it's like, you know, there could be an emotion there that they're stuck in. And I feel like that's so empowering for them to be like, hey, I could actually shift these extra kilos that I don't need. Yeah. Just from a conscious awakening. Yeah, I think that could definitely be identity as well. But like, I don't know if it's, that's what you're comfortable with because that's how you've always looked and always been. You're like, sabotage yourself so you want to lose weight but you can't because your identity is this other person Mm. and then another thing I truly believe in which I've got like a very I would say people think I'm like super healthy but I feel like I'm so relaxed with my approach to health but like when I eat something unhealthy like I really want a chocolate muffin or like a pudding I don't be like oh my god this is gonna make me so fat and then like guilty the whole day because I just had the sugar and flour and stuff I'm like damn this is a really nice muffin and I like enjoy every mouthful and just like sit in the moment and enjoy it and I've got no food cravings like I eat chocolate most days as well but like you don't feel guilt around things because you don't say like this is gonna make me fat if you do then your body will think that and like Mm. I reckon it'll like energetically make it happen but if you just think this is really good for my soul and it's what I feel like right now then your soul will feel satisfied and you can just carry on and eat like normal food for the rest of the day and normal healthy food so I think there's like oh nutrition is just so much deeper and I hate when they say like yeah food is just calories like look at the calories in this stupid processed um, bar that's like lower calorie than like a healthy salad bowl or something but people just have it really wrong and then it's yeah so much about 
like I don't know yeah food just has so much to go into it but I think that yeah, energetically and how you view it and how you view yourself can be a big thing as well and when you look at your body don't say like oh my god I'm so overweight I really need to get in shape because you don't like appreciate the things that your body is doing right as well um so yeah there's like lots that we can go into into that but with your weight loss do you think so like nothing even changed with your food or anything was it just emotional yeah like i i mean i've always i've never been a massive eater to yeah. be honest anyway like i've never eaten heaps of food mm. there was i did actually have food poisoning for three days so that mm. also probably contributed but that wouldn't contribute to much though no yeah <laughs> so i had food poisoning for three days yeah. but so i didn't really eat much through those days but i've never been a massive eater so mm. the, actually the thing that did change is i started to eat more carbs mm. Which is like something that I haven't really done much of. Mm. Like I've always sort of, you know, had some bread in here and there or whatever. But I feel like I started to eat way more carbs. Mm. So for me, it was like in my mind, I was like, well, carbs make will probably make you more fat. Or you would think that if you ate that's more carbs. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't, right? It's like that's what they tell yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my, I probably ate, there was a, like, I ate a little bit less. I think I eat probably less now than what I did before, but I'm less hungry. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, mm. I just don't feel hungry as hungry as I was mm. and for me again it's like that's I'm not emotional eating anymore mm. um but yeah I feel like there's definitely I'm eating less food but it's not so much less I like my it's shifted like a tiny bit to more into the carbs but like a little bit less but it's still like because my diet changed mm. anyway you know I kind of eat with the seasons and kind of that's mm. how I kind of eat now anyway um but yeah, I think for me, it was the guilt and the shame that just mm. really disappeared. And, and what you were saying before about eating. And I, there's this saying that me and my friends used to say, like, guilt is the fattest thing on your plate. That's a good sentence. Yeah. It's a great sentence because I, it's so true. It's like, if you're eating that muffin with guilt, then that's like, you're eating in that self-hatred, you know, you're eating in that that's, self-abuse. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. And there's also, this is a really a cool thing for um, your viewers as well. They, um... There's tests on YouTube, you guys can actually Google this on YouTube, of like frequency and energy tests. And so you can get like a bowl of cooked rice or half cooked rice. My housemate did this last year, so I saw it in action with my own eyes. So you can get three bowls. He had three bowls of rice, or jars, and it was half cooked rice, and he put that in the jar, and he spoke into the jar, and he said, love into one, fear into another one, and unknown into the, into the third one. And he left them there for four months. Mm. And he came back to them, the one that had fear in it was black, moldy, disgusting, like mm. just putrid. The putrid, one... such a funny word. Putrid. Yeah. I love saying that word it's now. So funny. Putrid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. I've never had anyone laughing at the word putrid. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. Oh, I'm great. I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that was fear. Mm. Um, and then love was not moldy at all. Mm. And then the unknown one was like no one had ever touched it. You could eat it per perfectly fine. Mm. And that was just because of the words that he spoke yeah. into the rice. Yeah. It changed the energetic frequency and the imprint on it. And so if you do that with your food, literally, yeah. if you're holding your food in your hand and you're thinking thoughts of fear of like, oh, my God, if I eat this, I'm going to be fat. And oh, my God, I'm going to like abuse myself. Oh, I'm going to have to go for a run tomorrow and like burn all this mm. off and like blah, blah, blah. And you're thinking all these thoughts. You're literally eating that. Mm. You're eating that moldy fear rice <laughs> in that jar yeah. like that's what you're putting into your body yeah and your focus 
and your thoughts can change water molecules. They've done scientific experiments on this, Mm. that the actual sacred geometry shapes of the molecules completely change based Mm. on your thoughts. Yeah, because my dad's been telling me that as well. Like whenever we have phone calls, dad's like way into all this spiritual stuff and has known everything like before I've even realized. But when we hang up the call, he's like, make sure you thank the water. You've got to thank the water. And I'm like, oh, whatever, dad. But then like he tells me about these experiments and I've listened to it in other podcasts. But what dad said was like, if you play classical music or play rock music, like the classical one thrives. But what I heard, because dad actually likes rock, but I think he's been listening to classical because of that. But what the other podcast said, it's how the person views the music that's playing kind of thing. So if you like, like whatever music you like, that you play to it because of how you feel towards it, that will be the one that thrives. So it's not the music itself, it's like what um, what you like kind of thing that makes it thrive. But he always says to thank thank the water and stuff as well and I feel like I definitely do that with food and like when I wake up every day I don't pull apart my body in the mirror or do anything because I just think about all the good things and think that we're unique and food is energy and even if I'm feeling like really fatigued and like I'm getting brain fog and like irritable and stuff I'll be like oh my god I'm just so tired today I can't concentrate and I'll just eat something and I'm like oh I probably just haven't eaten enough food and I've got enough like sugar and stuff in my system to slow release over the next few hours so I feel great again. So food is literally just our energy source and can be enjoyed in communities and stuff. So it's not just like this calorie thing where you've got to choose like a processed crappy mm. thing because it's like low cal or whatever. And you can definitely have like chocolates and desserts and still have a healthy lifestyle because it's got to be sustainable and something that you enjoy, not like just salad for every meal or Another thing I just put on my story the other day, there was a lady that was supposed to come over for lunch and then apparently she's on like a veggie broth diet to lose her baby weight. But I don't even know if she's still breastfeeding because I think her baby's only like six months or something. So like the lady I live with was making her a soup and then took out all the veggies so it's just the broth. And I thought she was making her like an actual soup but she doesn't even want veggies, only water. And you can't live off like veggie water because <laughs> there's like no carbs there's no fats for your hormones and your skin there's no protein for your body's repair and like your functioning and everything so when people eat like that that's why they have all these crazy yo-yos because like you don't need to cut everything out and like live off that yeah mm. so it's better to have a soup like filled with veggies and grains and um, pearl barley and split peas and um, tofu or whatever protein you like so it's like an actual meal and will actually satisfy you instead of you being like yeah in the stress response and then holding on to more weight mm. yeah <laughs> yeah I mean like it's if something like that I would be mm. more inclined to do it for like the morning or like fast for the morning yeah you know? or have like a cup of broth a day like while yeah. you're cooking dinner <laughs> that's what I do I have it like sometimes when I'm cooking if it's a cold cozy night or something but not like as the meal mm, yeah yeah mm. broth is great i've mm. been drinking a lot of veggie broth in the, yeah. in the morning it's just like my yeah. wake up and it's just it's yeah. so nourishing and, and yeah. great but mm. yeah i i agree i think we go to a lot of these extremes mm. to change our body and i really the best way to do anything is like as slow and intentional as possible mm. and it's hard for me because i'm a very fast-paced person so i have to constantly remind myself but gentleness is the best way for any strong foundations to actually be created 
and we need actually strong foundations to be great in life. Mm. We don't have a house. It's pretty hard to thrive, right? Mm. It's like we need our basis to thrive. So we need to make sure we're being gentle mm. so these structures can actually mm. evolve out of that. And I think we all go into these extremes of like trying to lose weight mm. and then it's just yo-yoing and you're putting your body into more stress and then it holds on to more and it's the vicious cycle. Mm. And the gentleness, especially with processing emotions, helps for you to anchor into that gentleness of mm. actually coming back to love for your body and be like, no, I don't need to punish myself. Mm. You know, I don't need to do that. I don't need to punish myself for, you know, being an extra couple of kilos. Yeah. And, and come back to that. Yeah, it's literally just a human body, but I saw something so good online the other day. This girl shared this thing and she's like, if you're ever feeling bad about your body, remember that this is the body that was worshipped over the years. And it was like all these old ass paintings from like the 1900s. And the woman had body fat and like no one had abs or anything. So even though like both of us are like quite lean, I guess, like I feel like this is my natural set point as well. And like I don't have to try to maintain it kind of thing but like for someone who does have that body shape that was classes the healthiest thing and they had enough food to go around and they were like more fertile and everything so it's not actually that bad to have like a little bit of difference in that kind of thing so that was so interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think so too and i think women yeah. naturally hold more yeah. fat around their bellies because yeah. we need it we have we birth children we mm. have to so yeah, having that like little bit extra of belly mm. fat is, is actually beautiful. Like I think mm. all women, all different sizes, and I think women yeah. who are actually some plus size women are so beautiful. Because mm. like I've never been super curvy like that. You yeah, know? I've always yeah. been like really athletic. So I look at women like that. I'm like, wow, like they're mm. really womanly. So I don't ever think of yeah. that like, oh, they're you know that's not the way to do it. It's like I like my body the way mine is, but I like theirs too. You know? Yeah, and I think like another thing I saw online is that. Confidence comes from how the person feels about themselves. So it's actually nothing got to do with their body at all, no matter what shape or size. It's how they walk, basically, how they feel within themselves and how they dress and, like, yeah, just how they view their own body kind of thing. That's what makes them look good. It's not about, like, their body at all kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> energy is loud. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, energy. Right? Yeah. With that frequency, and you hold that frequency of confidence, people mm. feel it. Mm. I wanted to also ask you about how can people get started with organic living? So, like, because you said you wear organic clothes, and I've never heard about that even. But I've been getting into, or not so much organic, but just like natural household products. Like my washing liquid is made from essential oils and stuff, and natural soap and beauty products. Like I'm not perfect, but I think halfway there. And self-care items but how can people get started with like living organic basically oh good question so the best way is eat local yeah um, I'll always say eat local and I mean we're lucky here because we live on the mountain so we live in the hinterlands of the Gold Coast which here is like there's a lot of organic farms so mm. it's quite easy here but I would say like find your local farmers or local people who you can buy off and, and support you can always get it cheaper that way and you can always buy it in bulk as well. But I would say how to get started. I would honestly say just start with your fruit and veggies. Mm. Like That is the most important place to start. Mm. I started with that and was just like getting my weekly grocery shop at my little local farmers and things like that. And I would put energy into actually creating and looking for like people at health food shops and mm. asking them where they get their things from. So I also do a couple of days with my friends at a mm. health food shop and 
I ask them where they get all their stuff from and mm. you know and I can get things in bulk because buying things in bulk is mm. way cheaper as well so I'll say start with your fruit and veggies I feel like that is absolutely non-negotiable like mm. with your like there's so much sprays mm. on your food like it's it's terrifying like if you were to actually just do a swab and put it underneath the microscope like there's just so many chemicals on it so start with that i would say especially greens lettuces mm. and like those are really sprayed um so start there and then from there you'll naturally do the other things like i didn't start with the clothes or the makeup mm. or anything like that. I started with just fruit and veggies and with that. And then I was trying to cut down on coffee. Coffee, if you guys are coffee drinkers, 100% get organic coffee. Mm. Coffee beans are the most sprayed plant in the entire world. Really? See, yeah. I, even, I didn't know that. Because I've never bought organic because I like look at the normal veggies or like I haven't I should be going to farmers markets and need to find them around here. But I'm always like, oh yeah, I think it's just breaking the cycle because I'm like just learning about I don't know I was just thinking about like how the spinach comes in plastic bags so that's leaking into the food and stuff but then you just go to the supermarket and do the same thing so I think it's the same as someone trying to lose weight they're like oh I need to do this but you just like have to break the habit to create a new like uh, system and stuff and new routine um but yeah like I've if I look at both aisles then there's like or even like canned beans or whatever like the organic ones like three dollars and the normal one's like 99 cents so i'm like okay i'll just get the 99 cents so it seems like quite hard but i think going to farmers markets is like a good start kind of thing yeah yeah and you can mm. like surprisingly enough like this is gonna sound a little bit crazy but i the moment i started spending more or investing actually my mm. money into organic food the more money I made. Mm, and that's because your brain's working better. 100%. Yeah. And you're you're actually choosing a, a new level of standard for yourself. Wow. And when you choose that's that so standard, good. everything matches that. Mm. And I, it was amazing to watch because I was a little bit nervous, like I think a lot of other people would be too, about mm. you know spending more money on organic food. To be honest, I didn't spend heaps more. Like you think that you will, but you actually don't. And then I made more money to match that as well. It was like, that's just kind of like, because I created that base. Mm. And I was like, no, I'm only organic now. That's it. Like, that's me. And that's what I choose for myself. And because I la- leveled up to that, it was like, cool. Like, now everything else here in this new world was matching that new life mm. that I'd chosen for myself. Yeah. So it can be expensive, but it also can be really cheap. Mm. Like, you can get so many cheap things. And like, my a lot of my friends at the health food shop, they do things quite cheap as well. You can get things on discount. So it's just, there's lots of ways where you can mm. be really savvy about it mm. and kind of stretch things. Like you would obviously be able to create, you know, really good recipes that you can mm. create lots of, you know, and yeah. then have it over time. And the same yeah. thing with organic. So I would start there and make up coffee. Mm. Coffee is the next one. I think if you're going to go organic, definitely do that. Um, and then your makeup because makeup is really toxic as well mm. um i don't usually wear makeup but mm. when i do sometimes wear it like it's non-toxic because your skin is literally the biggest organ in your body so if you yeah. like that's really important i would say start from what, what you're eating and mm. then whatever you're putting on your body like if it's moisturizer if you're doing that every day whatever you're doing every day make sure you do it really well mm. that's the number one tip i would give anyone for going organic if you're gonna do it every day do it organic Mm. like coffee yeah food and like maybe moisturizer or skin mm. products if you're gonna do it every day do it properly yeah there was two points i wanted to touch on as well so 
people always say to me or they comment on my reels and stuff and they're like yeah but it's too expensive to eat vegan or too expensive to eat healthy but my philosophy is I don't even eat organic but I think like what do you care about kind of thing so I don't care if I go without in other areas of my life or like most people just spend their money on like random silly things anyway so as long as I have healthy food in the pantry that's the only thing that's like the main priority kind of thing because that's my whole energy that's my whole being if I've had a good meal I'm feeling good and that's what I put out to the world so I think like it depends on what you value and if you care about I don't know like taking care of yourself and then the stuff with the skin I don't know if this is like weird to say because heaps of women have all these crazy problems going on and I think some of it is genetic but like I have like I never have breakouts or anything I also just came off the came off the pill after 10 years and I haven't had like a breakout yet but I think like because I've seen all these TikTok videos and then it was joking about how like a boy's skincare routine is just like wiping their face and the girls like it was a guy dressed up as a girl like doing this big um ex like ecstatic like skincare routine with like all these different creams and wiping that off exfoliator wiping that off blah 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 and I was just thinking like in the last two days that that's probably worse because it's like so much str like stress for your skin and I literally just cleanse and moisturize and it's like what? <laughs> well sometimes in the shower, sometimes I don't use anything, I just like wipe it under the water and then I never have any breakouts or problems and then the BB cream that I just found like I stopped wearing I used to like not be able to go a day without like a full face of makeup when I was working in hotels same I used to yeah, be the same because yeah. I was wearing a suit every day but I found like I actually barely wear anything now sometimes just moisturizer but like today I just put on this BB cream and it's just like a natural one um, from a health store so it's got nothing bad in it but it's like a tinted moisturizer with SPF but it's got really good coverage like a foundation so I just do that and mascara usually and it's like what I would do daily or just moisturizer so I think less is more and because the women are freaking out so much about the skin they're buying like more and more products but you probably need less and less so sometimes I just put on like an oil at night like a oh I've got like this nice one I think it's got like vitamin E and stuff in it but it's made from like I don't know some kind of seeds and stuff and then just put that on to let it soak in and then it's like all good so yeah I think like less is more <laughs> absolutely yeah. and this is like perfect sort of loop yeah. back to like the start of the podcast mm. about you know simplicity mm. simplicity is key and I think especially as humans we like to complicate everything mm. and if we come back to simplicity that's where that's where we're most authentic like yourself you know it's like you only wear a little bit and you're like yeah that's where you feel most authentic you know mm. and same for me it's when I eat organic when you refine everything in your life like that to simplicity it's just the best it's mm. the best way to do it because you become more you because you really you drop into that like what you actually feels like as you mm. without all these other external imprints of everyone else's mm. you know lives so yeah i like that i like the simplicity is is key and it's so true mm. in so many different areas of your life and if i could give a tip to the listeners number one tip for this the rest of this year is like find your simplicity like Get your life to be more simple, you know, simplify your wardrobe or simplify mm. your finances or simplify your relationships or, you know, things you're doing in your life. That's like the theme of this mm. year. So I won't go into, into astrology because that's mm. not a thing, but like that's the theme of this year is real simplicity. And I think, yeah, it's having, cool having this conversation, mm. I think. <laughs> yeah. 
the next question was <laughs> this is gonna be a big one. So detox procedures for chemical exposure <laughs> and environmental toxins in brackets chemtrails. <laughs> That's a big topic, isn't it? Yeah, so that's what like me and Paige kind of connected over the first time we met. I think this is only the fourth time or third time I've met you. But, like, my dad used to talk about chemtrails years ago, like, at family dinners. And then we just thought he was weird and we thought he was going crazy. And we are like, yeah, whatever, dad. He's so negative. Like, he's got, like, nothing else to talk about except all this random negative stuff. And he can't be thinking so badly about the government and everything like that. But then... I went through like a big paradigm shift in my beliefs like only over the last year like the final year of COVID basically um, and I like realized oh no, I think I realized it's kind of more depressing to be awake but if you don't make it depressing so instead of thinking like oh the government's trying to do all this stuff I've just tried to think of it as intriguing and like trying to learn about it and stuff but Paige had some, I don't know, just like really cool insights into the chemtrails and I've seen, I think just what maybe clicked, this lady posted something online and it was government documents about, oh that was about like the weather manipulation and stuff, but the government released their own documents about like, yeah we can manipulate the weather to make it rain in certain places, but most people would think that's a conspiracy, but they've written it themselves and the documents are available online and stuff, so like with the chemicals and stuff from the chemtrails I've like never even believed that up until I lived in the hinterlands I think but how can we kind of detox that out of our body because Paige was kind of saying like what's the point in trying to be healthy and like buying all this healthy food if it's still contaminated from what's coming in the sky anyway but there's still like some things you can do and like still the way you view it like if you think it's going to be bad for you than it is so still viewing stuff in a good way even though it might be contaminated but I know you can get like different supplements to detox the heavy metals and stuff from when I worked at a health store as well so what's your take on all of that <laughs> oh, cool good topic well this is a very big topic yeah. so where would you like me to start with the chemtrails do you want me to speak about um the chemtrails like what they're about like what they're doing or do you just want me to speak more so about the detoxification procedure I think the whole thing alrighty so we're talking about all of it all the things okay so chemtrails <laughs> chemtrails is it is a bit of a controversial thing to yeah. talk about because a lot of people either agree with it or think it's just a completely mm. insane conspiracy theory and it's it's not a theory anymore it is a conspiracy but it's not a theory because it's um it, there's very much it's a very real documentation of it there's very the, the, on the government website you can look it up it's not a secret whatsoever the only reason why people think it's a conspiracy theory is because it sounds so wacky mm. but it's not there's a lot of wacky stuff going on it's just like you know when you can't you know figure it out in the 3d world there's always a metaphysical thing mm. behind it it's the same thing with you know what's going on with the government and the weather as well there's always a mm. more there's a bigger reason behind mm. everything and so they spray the clouds for, for weather manipulation and they they also have a lot of other machinery that can that can make clouds as well. Mm. And the reason why they do that is because they want to be able to make it rain when they want to make it rain. Mm. And they want to... The, what they're actually doing is they're manipulating the genetics of um, nature through that. They're, they're using that to, one, manipulate the weather, but also manipulate the nature and the plants with it to 
to be more resilient to chemicals. So there are there are a lot more chemicals. And unfortunately, mm. like it is a bit frustrating that, you know, we do do so much for our health, but then there's a lot of environmental toxins as well. And not even just from that, you know, from mm. cars, from, you know, um, flus, you know, from um, even flus are probably more natural as well, but, you know, your hair products or your skin products, and, you know, there's so many different mm. chemicals out there. So it's not even just that, um, the chemtrails, but they're really, they're there for, a lot of different reasons and I won't go too much into them because that's that's a real rabbit hole but they're they're there basically to to change the structure of food and mm. to be able to make food more chemical based um, so they can produce more which is a bit terrifying so what you what I've done and so with heavy metals so heavy metal there's a lot of heavy metals um, around and heavy so parasites feed off heavy metals mm. um, so they go hand in hand doing like a heavy metal sort of detox and a parasite detox go hand in hand because mm. they, they feed off that. So if you have heavy metal metals or chemicals in your body, parasites thrive. Mm. And so that's why it's even more important now with chemtrails that you do detox. Like there's a huge like push for detoxification because of that, because parasites mm. can thrive in, in that kind of environment. They need a really, um, not alkaline what's the word acidic acidic thank you um acidic nature to be able to thrive mm. so um the best thing for that is so you can also do a parasite um detox which it has like lots of different herbs in it which is amazing um you can it's called triplex that you can get mm, um, we used to sell that at our store too it's a naturopathic one it's really yeah. really good and so i did that one and also like greens like spirulina mm. any kind of algae um, is really really good for mm. heavy metal detoxification mushrooms anything black so um, activated charcoal diatomaceous mm. earth bentonite clay um, you could do um, anything like moringa um, moringa oils anything like moringa is like a green plant it's really high in antioxidants matched to green tea anything with like a lot of green organic making sure it's organic yeah so all of that all those things together would really help and obviously eating organic mainly but then also making sure you have lots of greens doing um, broths so I have a vegetable broth in the morning mm. it's really good because that has your B vitamins in mm. it as well which is really good for obviously for your energy production and breaking things down and moving things through your body and um, and that's also got algae in it as well mm. and then it's also got lots of good proteins and, and um, other macronutrients as well but to be honest I feel like fasting and intermittent fasting is an amazing mm. way for detoxification. And that's what I am really passionate about now is, is using fasting. And to be honest, I wouldn't say to someone fast for a couple of days. Like I'm more of an inter intermittent faster where I would not eat maybe until like 11 o'clock or, mm. you know, I would have more of a 15 hour fast mm. and then have my greens within that oh, time. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's not even, it's just like, yeah, basically waiting till brunch kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, cause I just want to give my body that time to go through autophagy and like, you know, to have that cleaning up space and, you know, and I'll have my greens in that time. Mm. So I will go to bed and I won't eat obviously mm. and I'll sleep and mm. you don't think about it. You don't think about eating when you're sleeping. So mm. it's fine. And then I'll just have like maybe five hours in the morning where I'll be, wake up, have a bone broth, no mm. bone broth, veggie broth, I should say. And then like my greens or whatever, and then I'll eat. Mm. And that's like my, your body goes, does so much detoxification. And if you do that every day, over time, your body just goes through so much detoxification. Mm. And so you, you don't have to do like a week long fast. Mm. You know, I'd never say to someone to go to a week long fast. Like I wouldn't even do that myself, mm. you know, but there's these different ways where you can eat less at certain periods of time to give your body that chance to clean up. 
Yeah. I'm like a big believer because when all this intermittent fasting stuff came out because I'm interested in like women's relationship with food and stuff and because I don't like rules as a person like I don't want to be told like you can't eat until 11 because then I'll freak out and then I'll like feel super hungry but some days I actually just don't eat until it's nearly lunch or like I eat like mid-morning or something so you do it naturally if you don't think about it and it depends on your schedule like if you're going to go to work and you're going to be hungry like you're going to need to have breakfast but if it's a day where I'm at home and I'm like working from home or like a weekend sometimes like I'm just not hungry so I will do like an unintentional fast I think so I think like I've seen people go to eat and they're like oh I've got to wait like three more minutes because that's when the time's up so they just sit there staring at your food for three minutes like just eat kind of thing so I think like just tuning in with yourself and like just eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full but I do have that a lot like the other week I was feeling really unwell so I only had like a little it was like a bag of those munch me snacks that are like made from nuts and cranberry and stuff mm. so that in a smoothie and it was 4 p.m so I was like well, this is why I don't follow meal plans because that's all I wanted this day and I'll just have a small dinner tonight but on other days I'll eat heaps of food because I need to refuel and replenish because I'm burning more so like I think just yeah tuning in and sometimes it just happens unintentionally you don't need to be like oh my god I need to starve for 15 hours because you don't really notice that you do it kind of thing (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and I think like when you actually start to listen to your body Mm. intuitively that's when you get the most results Mm. and also on the other end on the other side of that is I found when I actually started to introduce a little bit more fasting into my life I didn't I didn't fast for like sometimes I would do like a, a juice fast or a I cleanse for like a couple of days or whatever. Mm. But when I would start actually just like water fasting in the morning, I would just go to bed at like nine o'clock and, mm. you know, stop eating at like seven and then I would eat at like 10 o'clock. So I was doing it or, you know, at nine o'clock when I was, mm. then I'd get hungry and then I'd eat and then I would just get less and less hungry and your body starts to sort of adjust and not that it gets less hungry because some days I do eat way more food. Mm. It just depends on where you're at and you start to listen to your body. Mm. Some days you just, I don't get hungry yeah. at all. And I'm like, I just don't want to eat food today. Mm. And then I don't get hungry by like six o'clock. I'm like, now I'm ready to eat. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the way to go and the way to do it. And it depends on our cycle as well. Cause I was just thinking like the other week I was so tired and I was feeling unwell and I was in bed and I was like, Oh my God, I think I've got chronic fatigue. And I was like, just feeling, I was like, what's wrong with me? And then now I'm like super energetic, clear headed. I've been so productive the last few days. So I think it's just like our womanly cycle. Like we have more energy at different times and stuff. So just like giving yourself a break when it comes to that as well. But I was going to ask with like the charcoal thing and stuff, do you just add it to smoothies or do you have like a, do you like say, okay, I'm going on a detox and you have those things on certain days or do you just incorporate it into your food all the time? So I would just have it, I would have it with water by itself. The charcoal. Yeah, I know. Oh. I know. <laughs> People think I'm so strange because yeah. I'll just have like things like that straight. So honestly, charcoal doesn't have a taste. Yeah. It only has a weird texture. Oh, so okay. um, I would just put it in water, let it dissolve, and it's kind of like a like a fine powder, obviously, mm. it's charcoal. And so it just has a weird texture. So more than anything, it's your mind over matter. So it, the taste is fine and just tastes like earthy charcoal like it's yeah. not it doesn't have a real taste yeah and then it's the the furriness and the that's left in your mouth mm. that is the weirdest thing but i just have it with water on an empty stomach mm. so i would have it before i go to bed 
or if I like wake up in the morning, first thing in the morning, I'd have some charcoal. Mm, and so how often water. do you have that? When I feel like I need it, when I oh, feel yeah. like I'm de- like want to go yeah. through a detox. So mm. mainly when I'm detoxing, I'll do it because I don't want to have it all the time. Like it's one of those things mm. when you give your body a break with as well. So when I was doing my parasite cleanse and heavy metal detox, I used that mm. like a lot with that and same with bentonite clay and detonaceous earth mm. they kind of do the same thing yeah okay cool um was there anything else like things that people can do to detox from everything or is that pretty much it to be honest i feel like detoxing your body naturally does it mm. your body naturally knows what to do and i think if you get out of your own way and come back to simplicity i feel like this podcast should be called life and simplicity <laughs> to come back to that every time but yeah if you come back to simplicity your body will know what to do and i've really learned more of that over the last couple of years of doing lots of detoxing i, I did six week detoxes when i was like 18 like mm. i've done so many detoxes like really intense ones like mm. really deep ones and I am a big believer now my because I've done a lot of detoxing I'm naturally quite clean anyway mm. but if you just go back to like fasting or intermittent fasting or just drinking juice or having smoothies or eating organic mm. or you know just having extra greens in the morning like I have a superfood greens thing that I have in the morning as well have that before I go to the gym and different things like that and just supporting your body's detoxification so like different plants that are really high in antioxidants or you know um, like greens greens mm. is really good anything black which is like has some more of a uh, draws a negative toxins out of your body or positive toxins i should say toxins in general mm. and just things like that and coming back to simplicity and just eating less food as well like and i'm mm. not saying to starve yourself but just eating little portions just what you need. Yeah. yeah it gives your body that chance yeah. to just clean up mm. and just come back to simplicity and i think this year people are naturally doing that and, and people are coming to me and asking um, at the health food shop about you know different detoxing things they want to do so many people are like i want to detox now because there's mm-hmm. so much more out there that mm. you can do even looking into ayurveda and the oil pulling in your mouth amazing for detoxification mm. of your mouth so there's so many different things you could do like ear candles like there's mm. different ways but coming back to simplicity and like just eating less food more high potent superfoods mm. i think you'll be sweet mm. Yeah, there's another point I wanted to touch on as well. Like, all these, like, dietitians on YouTube and stuff, or even on social media, they're like, you don't need a detox, your body does it yourself. But for someone who's eating crap, it's like the detoxification isn't optimized. So, yes, your body does it yourself, but if you're filling your body with crap and not exercising or doing anything, like, you are, but it's like not, you're not operating as well as you could be. So, it's just like switching over those little habits like to detox someone can start eating more greens you've got more fiber going in and it's actually like clearing out your intestines and stuff and even like with bowel cancer like i think some of it's probably genetic too or hereditary i should say but i actually think that's just from old foods sitting in people's intestines because not many people actually eat enough fiber so just eating more whole foods can detox all your intestines and get out all this old food and stuff so just like really really simple things can help with all that and then yeah just having like i don't know more greens the broths are really good as well because it's just like you can i don't know if you're in tune with your body i tried this broth from nutra organics and there's different flavors like mushrooms or miso ramen you just add a spoonful of powder and put it like 
with hot water and if you drink it in a mug if you're in tune with your body you can feel it like going down in your body and I can like feel it going into all my arms and like you can feel the goodness that it's doing kind of thing so it can be really simple and you don't need to you can like I don't know to me detox is just cleaning up your daily habits and maybe swapping around some of the ingredients to like optimize your body's functioning but you can't detox properly if you're just eating crap and not moving and like not going outside and getting sunlight and stuff as well yeah 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 Yeah. and i think like there's that topic of you know like metabolic flexibility Mm. um there are a lot of like you know big podcasters like david asprey and um a few other people that speak about metabolic flexibility it's like when you put your body through lots of detoxification you're your metabolism gets fitter Mm. and i know that sounds like a bit of a weird concept but Mm. your metabolism like the way that you know the chemical reactions that your body goes through to get your body moving is like that becomes faster and more efficient when Mm. you are cleaner when you do detox more when you do fast more when you have less you know fat on your body or less toxins just naturally happens and your body your body's metabolism gets flexible and Mm. fitter which means that when you eat more it can deal with it when you eat Mm. less it can deal with it like your body just has so much more of a spectrum of capability Mm. when you detox and i think that's a a really important point and a lot of people don't know that if they haven't detoxed Mm. when they detox they start to realize that that you can change your diet and your routine can be different like you said you can eat the muffin it doesn't matter Mm. because your metabolism is fit fit and it Mm. knows what to do with that rather than store it yeah and one more thing before the next question if it comes to your weight as well this sounds like probably people think it just sounds so silly because i do bodybuilding as well so i see all the what all the girls post online and it's like oh i don't actually do any calories or macros or track anything but like to me i just say when i look in the mirror it balances out in the end so like on the day where i ate hardly any food because I'm like physically not hungry, I just don't want it. I just had like enough snacks, a, a nice healthy smoothie, some nice nuts, and then a small dinner at night. And then I, on some days I'll eat heaps of food and probably way more than I need and have more um, drinks or more sugar and stuff that's unnecessary. And I'm not like, oh my God, I need to go and burn it all off because um, there was the day where I ate less. So it balances out in the end week to week if you've got a good routine kind of thing. But I think people get scared because if they're restricting their food so much or they're used to having like a set amount of things if they got told they could have anything they want they'll literally run rampant and like scoff their face and have complete binges but if you know you can have anything you want at any time you just eat normal and then yeah I don't know we all eat like different amounts and even like with our cycle as well like if you go at certain stages of your cycle you're going to be less hungry and need less food and other stages you need more so I just say it balances out and then it just like is the most relaxed way to look at it. <laughs> but people will probably be like, that she's so silly, like that's so not like naive, but too simple to be true. But that's literally how I view it. It is, yeah. it is. Like eating healthy can be so easy. Mm. Looking after yourself can be so easy if you yeah. find what the easy is for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the next one's so funny as well. <laughs> so big topic. Weather manipulation. The rain bombs and fires, etc. How to be prepared and protect yourself. And I'm only putting this in here because I'm going through like this big paradigm shift. Like dad, and I only t- brought up the topic about my dad because 
we thought that he was crazy and weird. Someone would look at me and be like, oh my God, why do you think that? But then everything he said has actually come true. So it's not to be like, oh my God, the government is ruining our lives. It's more just like, okay, what can we do to prepare? Have um, some food ready, maybe start your own garden, like just feeling good within yourself. So like you're prepared for the worst, but you can still live your life, but still be aware kind of thing. So with the weather manipulation, Dad told me that even last April, so even just over a year ago, and I thought he was so silly. I'm like, whatever, Dad, like, stop being so negative. And then I lived in, like, a very uh, small area, like a small town in Australia where it's just blue skies every day. Uh, so I think because it's not a densely populated area, it wasn't really a target. And mm. when I left New Zealand, it was actually, like, just grey skies every day in Auckland as well for ages. And then the little town had the most beautiful weather. But I just moved to the Gold Coast and finally it's a nice blue sky today, but it's just been like the hardest rain I've ever experienced for weeks upon weeks. My car was getting bogged in the driveway because the tires are just sinking into the mud because it's so wet. And even just driving on the road, the whole thing's full of potholes. Like I could barely see the road and it was just pouring and pouring. And then I think I saw yeah online that document about the weather manipulation, how the government admitted yeah, we can manipulate it to rain in certain areas. But then right before I moved to Gold Coast, that's when they had all the crazy floods in Brisbane and the people sharing online, they're like, where's the officials? Where's the government? Where's people here trying to help us? They were just out on their own boats going around trying to rescue their own locals because no one official was there to deal with the situation. So it kind of just makes you wonder about things. So I think... Yeah, talk about, I think the most interesting thing was like the rain bomb, how they like have to warn you, because it's different to usual rain, because I don't know, and like dad used to say like, yeah, like they play with the clouds and stuff, and I just thought he was silly, but now I've actually seen it now that I'm living here as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 So cool. So the rain bombs. Um, so... First of all, the the government's law, the current the law that they run under, they have to they have to tell you what they're doing. So by their law, they have to tell you what they're doing. So they will they will tell you, but most people don't believe them, mm. and most people then just don't think about it. Mm. Which is hence why they've told everyone about the chemtrails since the sixties. The chemtrails have been a thing since the nineteen sixties. They've been around for a very long time, and they're well known, but still people think it's a conspiracy. So. It's interesting how the government will tell you what they're doing, but most people won't want to believe it because they want to believe that they, they don't want to see that side of yeah. the government. So, um, so they tell you. So that's why they, they call it a rain bomb. So they'll usually say on the weather forecasts, oh, on these specific days there will be rain on this day, and that's because they have to tell you what they're going to be doing. So that's what the whole weather forecast is even for. Oh, um, I didn't even know that. I thought it was just the word, like, I've noticed they start saying the news. I don't even watch the news, but it pops up on social media, like, rain bomb coming, such and such. And it's like, I've never heard that term before. And then it's pouring with rain, like, on those days. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So they'll have to, they'll tell you, like, but they won't, they'll say a rain bomb's coming. But a rain bomb is not actually a natural weather mm. occurrence. A yeah. rain bomb is, is man-made. So... They'll tell you that because they have to tell you what they're doing. So that's what they'll tell you. They'll say a rain bomb's coming. But then they have sort of different kind of machinery. Some that's that's mm -hmm. under the ground, just to, just under the ground that releases um, clouds as well. And you would see it on the Gold Coast. 
early in the mornings as well or not early in the mornings throughout the day mm. specifically when there's lots of rain the clouds will usually be very close to the ground and then they'll float into the sky and make the sky white and then it will start raining so they're not normal clouds so you can see in them mm. and this is another thing is like they're not normal clouds so you can see that they form in a really weird way because they're man-made um and so so yeah we do at the moment we're getting a lot of rain mm. so we are getting a lot of rain bombs so i would say there's very little we can do in regards to stopping them doing that. But what we can do, there are actually a lot of things. There's not things we can do physically, but we can do things metaphysically. Mm -hmm. One, we can not actually listen to the weather forecast because if you listen to it, then you're focused on it being raining and you're going to create it raining. And that's what they do. They, because they know that humans are manifesting creative, creative geniuses. Like we're creating machines so if they we get told something, we'll believe it and we'll create it. So one way is to not believe that it's going to be coming. Not to not be aware of it, but just say, no, I'm not going to believe that story. I would like to create something different or choosing that that's not going to be your reality. Mm. That can be one way of energetically shifting it. But then another way to prepare it is one, if you're living near the mountains, be uphill. Um, that's another way that you can prepare is like to mm. actually live in a place that's not going to be flooded yeah. um, to actually do your research on where floods come in and where floods would happen also looking into fires as well um, fires mm. is another one for natural disasters um, mm. being prepared for that um, so knowing where you're living and then also detoxification practices and being mm. prepared for that um, at the moment mostly the Queensland is getting hit with most of the the rain bombs at the moment mm. so depending on where you live as well like cassie was saying she never saw them i never saw them mm. when i was a kid i was in like middle of nowhere wa so i never saw them but here and in america they're massive there's they're everywhere so choosing to live in a place with less chemtrails would help as well but we mm. live in a place where there's lots of chemtrails so yeah for us we've got to be prepared yeah. where and drinking making sure you're drinking actual proper spring water mm. as well because the, the current rain is not really real rain either mm. so being careful with drinking water yeah. is also another one like get yeah. spring water um just do the best you can with that mm. um getting good water and making sure that you're living in a place where there's not going to be like f flash floods that are going to come in like byron bay area mullumbimby mm. their flash flood areas lismore um so not living there and then making sure you're detoxing making sure you're doing that and you can share information about mm. what they're doing because it's what they're doing is it's not legal but it is kind of legal because they're the law mm. so um getting that information out there as well will help other people to know about it and to actually start what you're doing detoxification and nutrition mm. is really important so i think that in itself is really important and to also if you ever feel like you're you know powerless or you feel angry towards that that they're doing that because it can put you in a feel like you're very powerless right and mm. when we believe we're powerless we get irritated so yeah if as long as you keep also that anger within mm. you towards something that you can actually change and create which is like your health or you know where you're living or the water that you're drinking changing it to that that's more of a powerful choice so i would say those are the tips that I would give to people mm. and to not feed the fear of it. Mm. And that's what I mean by not watching the weather forecast or not falling into the stories of it, not feeding the fear of this outcome that they're trying to create. Mm. So when I went through my big paradigm shifts with the COVID stuff, like there was quite a few months I would wake up in a panic attack because 
I'd never thought about the world before and I just lived in a little bubble so it was quite big for me to realize all that stuff so I'd just wake up like and I'd fall asleep listening to the videos every night and stuff yeah so I went through a period where I was really depressed and just waking up in um, panic attacks and stuff because you yeah, know listen to the videos every night and I'd always just lived in a bubble so I'd never thought much about the world and I'm very not like naive but I just care about my little bubble and what's happening in my day so I'd never thought about the bigger picture but I'm actually really interested in it now and I think it's it's scary to know but it's better to know and better to be aware I think and that's the only reason I wanted to put it in because I'm just finding it really interesting at the moment like just thinking that there's more out there and things can be done on purpose and with the fires and stuff like it can be viewed at, at like a natural disaster because Australia was on fire like the month before I moved here but my dad was telling me he was showing me videos of like the California fires and it's like everything will burn but like one car will like not have fire or like one house but everything around it is burning so if it was natural then the wind would be blowing it and everything would burn at the same rate so why are things like why is it dodging certain things and they had it from like high up footage and stuff so there's just a little bit more going on than what meets the eye so I just thought it was really interesting yeah <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's one of those things I feel like can either disempower you or really empower you mm. and I just like for, for anyone watching this like I just really want to like make sure that you guys have got that concept of you know it's like knowing this information and like yourself mm. I went through that period of mm. holy shit freaking out <laughs> yeah freaking out of like shit yeah. the world is like shit like what's going on you know like the yeah. the, the world is a lie you know because I was in my own love bubble too of like you know I've always thought the world is beautiful and I've always had a really positive energy so when you come and you realize that there's a lot of um mischievous or um malicious things mm. going on um then it is it can either disempower you or empower you and yeah like I I want to yeah understand for you, anyone else that I might be like holy shit and really scary and yeah that. or just thinking that the people are saying it are really weird like oh whatever what the hell is going on in their mind but then you come to your own realizations and you're like oh okay maybe they just knew ahead of time kind of thing so I think it's yeah I went through my stressful period where I was like quite depressed and like overwhelmed and wondering if I've gone crazy with all the COVID stuff as well but I feel more empowered at the moment just knowing that I have more like knowledge and understanding and it's just the tip of the iceberg so I'm using it as an empowering thing and if you can teach other people about it or mm -hmm. connect with other people and what my nana always says is like they want you scared and afraid scared and afraid and freaking out but if you're just um like a positive energy it can make all of this go away as well mm -hmm. like even the stuff with the weather if you're I don't know, just feeling good within yourself and living life and just having the most happiness you can, then that's what's going to beat it. So I feel it as like an empowering thing now as well. Totally. Yeah. And now you can target it and you can do mm. something about it. You know, you mm. can detox more. And I think it's been a great thing because a lot more people are detoxing mm. because of it, which is well, anything negative, there's a positive in it. And anything positive, there's a negative. You mm. know, there's always a balance to everything. And I think as much as you can, it can feel disempowering, it can put you in the most powerful place mm. by actually then combating whatever the effects of that would be. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. 
<laughs> big topic. A big topic, yeah. So, the ninth question is essential nutrients to include in your diet. And this was in relation to your ebook because there's even crazy things in there, like was there copper in there and stuff? And even I've never. Like, that wasn't in anything I learned about as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so these are your 90 nutrients. So these are, like, copper is really important. Copper is, um, copper's cool because it's one of those, um, compounds that we need for anti-aging. It's like the, yeah. they call it the, the, the youth chemical because mm. the, actually, thing that creates grey hairs is copper deficiency. And that's what changes your pigments in your hair. So yeah, copper is really important. But it's like the most tiniest amount. Mm. Like the tiniest amount. Like probably like half a pencil top full of mm. copper you need like in your diet. So that's like, these are like all of the, the micronutrients that mm. are like really important for your body. So copper for, you know, your anti-aging, but then you also need your zinc and then you need iron and you need all those things in your diet, which you get from a lot of your whole foods, like your organic whole foods. But there is a lot of like intricate things within your diet that you need, um, like even manganese. Manganese you can get from chocolate too, mm. but manganese is great. But like different things that create different other byproducts of it. So like manganese will create superoxide dismutase, which is like um, it and is an antioxidant, but it, it stops your 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 DNA ends from mutating. Mm. So it stops you know cancer cells and things like that. So like there's so many chemical chain reactions that like obviously you would know about as well, but um, essential nutrients, there's 90 essential nutrients. I actually wrote an um, ebook about mm. them and just like listed them all because it was really important. And I went ham on researching in all of, into all of that. And I can't even remember all of the 90 nutrients off the top of my head, but there's 60 minerals, um, 16 vitamins, three essential fatty acids and three non-essential fatty acids mm. so those are all of them and um yeah so for like the minerals there's like you know there's the copper there's zinc and there's iron and there's like that's more of like the metal side mm -hmm. of things and then you have the vitamins which is like your b vitamins which is more mm -hmm. like your energy production and and so i feel like that having that list of even just the 60 minerals 16 vitamins and then three and three of the fatty acids that in itself can break it down for you. Be like, oh, cool. Like I can see like all these things mm. that I need in my body. Mm. And to be honest, like I feel like everything in that anyway is going to be coming from your whole mm. foods and eating organic. And as long as you're eating with the seasons, I feel like you're going to get all of that anyway. Mm. So your macros, obviously your protein, your carbs and your fats. The fats, thank you. Protein, carbs, fats. Thank you. So those are your macros and then the new, um, micronutrients like i would say um superfoods that you could have would be like matched a green tea which would have a lot mm. of that in it you know or you could have um your veggie broth which has like your b vitamins and then it has your algae which it also has like your iron in it and also has like your zinc and your magnesium mm. and all those good things in it so i feel like not to focus too much on am i getting this nutrient so much but like also are you getting the thing that's giving you all of the micros as well, which mm. I call superfoods, mm. which some people would call a gimmicky word, but superfoods like your, your green stuff, your mm. um, acai berries, yeah. like your goji berries, things like that, that will give you all of those micros as well. Mm. So yeah, copper, interesting one. Um, and zinc is one that's good for the skin as well. Mm. Um, and your smell if you are low in zinc, your smell will go. Mm. And so, hence, like with COVID, your smell goes. 
So that's oh. why you need um, zinc. Yeah, that makes with, sense. With COVID. So yeah. um, you need that for your senses. And just like, I feel like your, your micronutrients is so important for like heightening your senses and being able to actually not just live live well but actually live in a heightened state mm. more so um so i think yeah i i believe that with all of those micros i feel like you focus on that you'll get that if you focus on your superfoods mm, cool yeah just in basic terms eat a variety of colorful whole foods that's Ooh. all it comes down to to like be healthy <laughs> yeah you don't, you don't need like all the rules or like this rigid thing that people get caught up in because i that like hurts my brain literally just eat different color whole foods and like yeah a range of your macros and stuff to make a balanced meal but it's like yeah it's quite simple if you put it like that yeah mm. Mm. and just eat enough as well yeah yeah mm. and i think having like a focus on b vitamins as well is really important mm. um because yeah having that and like being able to produce energy yeah. efficiently yeah. is super important yeah um as well and i it's it's interesting when i've done experiments with um with niacin which is a b vitamin how much your brain opens up like mm. it's, it's all these micronutrients are so good for your brain and your focus and your clarity and that's what i mean by that heightened state so eat a whole food diet mm. eat your superfoods very simplified yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look at your emotions look yeah. at what's going on be present with yourself like if I think if I had to give everyone one piece of advice would be slow down, be present with yourself and go for what you want. Mm. Like those are the three things I could say, go for that and mm. you will live a happy life. Mm. The final question to touch on, I'm going to my first one on Friday, was a cacao ceremony. Because it's so funny moving to the Gold Coast. This is what I always wanted. I just wanted to live somewhere where people have similar interests. And I went to my first sound healing the other night. And there's like this big um, festival coming up with like all these psychic things and all this hippie stuff and all these crystals. And I'm like, oh my god, everyone's got so much cool stuff going on here that's like this alternative world so what's a cacao ceremony because you host them as well don't you yeah yeah so a cacao ceremony is really fun <laughs> for starters and so i've always really loved cacao and actually cacao is an amazing superfood mm. so it's really good to kind of piggyback what we were just talking about superfoods it's used so raw cacao is used in ancient has been used in ancient Mayan civilizations for thousands of years. But the Olmecs, which was in Mexico, were the first civilization to uh, discover it and to use it in ritual practices. So they used it for heaps of different ceremonies. Mm -hmm. so they would use it for deaths, for births, for sacrifices, for any kind of ritual that they were doing because they did do ritual sac blood sacrifices mm. back then but that was thousands of years ago i'm glad we've evolved since mm. then <laughs> but um that's what they would do and they would use chocolate and they would gift they would gift people chocolate to either help them pass over to the afterlife or to create a new life um and so they really believed it was the food of the gods and so cacao is really 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 high in iron in mag mm. magnesium really good for women uh, especially around their bleed time is really good to have because it's really good for that it's got high in magnesium it's high in manganese it's high in um it's high in so many things i can't remember all off the top of my head mm. it'll come to me but they're really i've written an ebook on that too mm. which i can could send to you as well mm. it's really interesting um so cacao is raw chocolate at its form so it'll usually start as like a pod and then there'll be seeds and then there'll be the gelatinous pulp 
around it. The seeds is what you will dry and then you'll crush into a block of cacao. Mm-hmm. And then you make that into a nice drink. Mm-hmm. So you can make it with lots of different um, things in it. I used to make it with cinnamon, maybe a little bit of chili and some other mm-hmm. like um, maca and some ashwagandha and other beautiful herbs. Mm-hmm. And I'll make that into a drink. And what it actually does chocolate itself or scientifically it actually opens up the blood vessels to your heart Mm. so there's more blood that's pumping through your heart so then the chakra of your heart opens more Mm. so it opens the chakra of your heart and it pumps more blood to your heart as well as it gives you a a euphoric feeling so it's got peas in it which is palmitoyl ethanolamide and that's like a natural pain chemical in your body so it gives you a natural pain relief as well. Mm-hmm. And it also has um, anandamide in it as well, which is like a euphoric feeling. It's it's actually known in the spiritual community as a, a healthy MDMA because that's what they created. From cacao. Yeah, yeah. If you have a ceremonial dose. Wow. So um, they created MDMA actually for PTSD clients. Mm. So for like um, people that went to war or whatever to open up about their problems because mm. they'd be very closed off. So they created MDMA to open their heart to then get them to communicate about emotions. Mm. So cacao does the same thing, but it's natural. Mm. So when you have a ceremonial dose, it's quite intense. So a lot of people like have cacao and they're like, oh, it's really nice to just have a bit of cacao. But when you have a ceremonial dose, you have like, you have like four tablespoons of cacao. Like it's a mm. big dose of, of cacao that you have. And then you mix it with some medicinal mushrooms as well. Cause I like to do, do it with medicinal mushrooms to help it to integrate with the nervous system. Mm. And um, to help your chemical pathways. And then I'll put some other like fats with it as well to help it integrate into the body. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really cool. And it can be psychedelic for some people, but it's usually not a psychedelic. But some people can have some really cool experiences on it. But it's a superfood. And it just opens you up to this feeling of euphoria mm-hmm. and this feeling of limitlessness within yourself. And it's, it's really about focusing on, on love. Mm. for you so when i've taken people through a cacao ceremony i'll usually get them to set an intention with their cup of cacao connect with the energy of cacao as like a spirit as a frequency and then i'll get them to focus on the different chakra points and to drink cacao intentionally into each one of those Mm. and so then after that we'll do some breath work we'll do a little bit of meditation and then we'll move our bodies and dance Mm. so you get to connect with yourself and then do some breathing, let it integrate into your body, do a meditation with yourself and then move. Mm. And you'll be amazed, like the amount of ceremonies I've done where people start to dance at the end. And when you dance, like there's so much energy in your body and you can just feel the cacao moving you. Mm. And it's a really beautiful experience. So a ceremony and what that means is that it's just a space of reverence. And it's just a space where you, it's designed for you have a ceremony with yourself and other people where you get to connect deeper with yourself and cacao is a is a tool that you get to do that with mm, that sounds like even more deep than what i thought <laughs> i thought it was like just drinking like chocolate because it's nice like i know that cacao's got way more health benefits than like cocoa and stuff but i didn't know why you go to like a, i thought it was just for fun <laughs> like yeah. oh let's just let's just sit around and drink chocolate but would you experience the same intensive benefits if it was like made into brownie like if i not gave up chocolate but swapped out most of my chocolate for like brownie made out of cacao would that be as strong or does it have to be like in a drink kind of thing to be honest i don't know mm. i've never tried it in a brownie I've made it in cooking before kind of thing because it's 
like they said just to use i think cacao in the recipe just because it's obviously more natural but it's like way more rich and stuff so i've made um like nice brownies and stuff out of it but yeah i was wondering does it like is it is as is it as intense in a food form kind of thing i mm. i mean my wild guess would be no mm. i but i haven't tried like i mean i haven't tried a real full cacao brownie mm. one of yours before but i've also had a raw dessert and it's given me energy like oh, that oh yeah so like if you could imagine like a raw dessert mm. as like some nuts and then you have like yeah. the cacao chocolate on top that would probably give me a similar effect. Yeah, true. But I feel like the cacao drink, because it's just concentrated yeah. chocolate in one and you just knock it back and it's a drink, it moves faster through your yeah. body. I feel like it would be more intense that mm. way. So yeah. I think you could still get a euphoric feeling from the chocolate or the chocolate brownie for sure. Yeah. It would just be a different kind of experience. Yeah, because if it's liquid, your body will absorb it easier kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. And I mean, you could sit there with your brownie and set an intention and eat it with intention. You could 100% do that yeah. and it would be really beautiful. Yeah. So you could do that and, mm. and take that ceremonial idea into your mm. eating. And it's true, right? So like imagine if we ate ceremonial every day, like we ate with intention mm. and slowly and, you know, like that would be mm. so much more reverence to what we were doing than just eating food. Yeah, because I made this nice brownie I got sent. I don't think it, I don't know if I had cacao or just cocoa but it was like this sweet dreams blend um and it had like ashwagandha and all these nice herbs in it and i made it into it's meant to be for hot chocolate but i made it into a brownie this was like a year ago and it had peanut butter and i think chickpea flour and it was like just this nice natural thing and then i just ate the dessert and that's what i like about healthy food and just finding different alternatives because you just eat it and it just feels so nice and you're like well it's got all these herbs to help me sleep and like it's just so interesting to eat like that instead of just like a crappy processed thing so I think that's why I feel good about food because you're like oh my god it's like so nice and it's like way more special kind of thing and your body can thrive off it but yeah yeah 100% <laughs> you feel more grounded you feel more you yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, the only other thing with the ceremony, I'm scared to do the dancing. <laughs> Trust me, when you have the cacao, all that will go away. You'll be like, I feel free. <laughs> okay, good. Because I've seen, I think I've seen people like in, I don't know, in videos and stuff who are like all dancing around to this music. And I'm like, oh my God, I would probably just sit on the sideline and be like, oh no, no I'm too scared to dance. <laughs> you have to come to one of mine next. Yeah. When I, I'm planning on doing yeah. one in Talibadra, so you have to come to Okay, one. cool. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Well, you don't have anything else to add, do you? I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot today. Yeah, you I think that well. was so, like, even more in-depth than I thought, but it was really cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked where that went to. Yeah. There's like so much stuff to talk about, but yeah, I'll put pages, links to her social channels, and then her nutrition essentials ebook as well, like in the description. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening and tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been so right. fun, and yeah, uh, enjoy being happy, healthy, and in wholeness, whole wellness. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>